Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Mindset Media Mindset with Phil Mansfield. I am Scott Schweitzer. He is Phil Mansfield. Phil, another week. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're in, thoroughly enjoying the uh, the feedback. Yeah, so um, two weeks ago, we talked about self-talk. Last week, we talked about the decisions made from that self-talk. And today, we're going to talk about the hormonal response that comes from making that decision. So if you want to hear those other episodes, make sure you go back and listen to episodes three and four, and then you can come back and uh, listen to this one. If not, sit back, enjoy the show. Phil, t- let's talk about hormonal response. Yeah, this is the little bit of the, now we've had four weeks, we've spoken about the nice stuff. Now I get a chance to be a little bit sciencey and, and nerdy, which is which is always good fun. Um, yeah, we've talked about that that process between creating your environment and then the decisions that forces us into potentially, and and when you you know that feeling when you're walking into somewhere and you're completely comfortable in your environment versus you're walking into somewhere where you're really uncomfortable with your environment. We work on a spectrum of if you look at CrossFit, for example, you look at a spectrum of wads. I'll often get my guys to program if you could choose the final of the crossfit games and you need to win it to win the crossfit games what would the workout be and what can it absolutely not be because it gives us that opportunity to see where they have where they where they have most fun and where they're most fearful and we use a fun fear focus uh, response to to pretty much every all stimuli that's placed upon the guys and we ask them how does this make you feel? Does it make you feel like you smile, like you're going to have some fun? Does it make you feel like it, it scares you a little bit? Or does it turn you into a focused animal and planning? And and we recognize that in people around us. You know, you've got the very play the piano-y, relaxed type that just take everything in their stride. You've got the people that are sort of driven by a bit of fear. And then you've got those nerds that want to program or plan everything in intimate detail to be able to get on and and in every task you're presented with you'll be faced with one you'll be you'll have a response in one of the three categories and what's really interesting is there's been some wonderful work done in that you can trace those three responses to hormonal responses you can actually measure the change in hormones based around that response to find out what type you are which obviously I find wonderfully exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny because as I've as I've talked to athletes over time and read about them, read their books, read different things, and it's funny from an outsider's perspective, you you may think that like a Matt Fraser is a focus. Um a Brent Fitkowski is also a focus like the planning, got to got to get everything down on paper. Um but I think they also have fun doing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what you'll often find with the with the very top athletes is they have a perfect balance of the three. Is it scares them just enough? And and when we're talking about scare, we're talking about cortisol, 
and we're talking about the the need for cortisol and it, the way it metabolizes and mobilizes energy and the, the adrenal it stimulates the adrenal gland um and then on the fun side you have that dopamine and what's really interesting with the real elite guys is they actually have that dopamine release that fun side of it whilst they're in and working they don't they don't need to have it afterwards when you and i train we are very much in the I don't, I don't know yourself, but I'm very much in the, I'm very much these days in the fear side of things. I'm in survival mode. I need as much adrenaline, as much caffeine as I possibly can get through me. And then afterwards, when I've had that 20 minutes of, you know, deciding if life's worth, worth continuing with that, then I, then, then I'll, the dopamine hit will come where, where these guys you have that they have, you, the, it's measurable. They have that focus is, is linked to acetylcholine as a hormone. So they have that equal blend of the three hormones going into a wad. So when, yeah, when max snatch is released for someone who's great at snatching, the, the worry for that athlete, for example, is that they have too much dopamine. They get too happy and they get too excited and it ends up going not as well. You, It's very often how many times you really not feel like going to the gym, not feel like doing anything today, and then you end up having your absolute best session. And other times you're like, right, today's my day. I'm going to PR everything. Everything's going to be great. You end up in the gym and it's not really working. And it's exactly the same when we go to the games or we go to sporting events. It's very often the workouts that check us, that actually make us think too much or make us have to work harder that we do better at versus the workouts we think this is this is our bag. This is our This is what we do for fun. We're going to win this one. And as soon as you have a dominance in one of those three hormones, it's linked to sub, sub, suboptimal performance. So we're always trying to get a balance between those three things. And that's what your phrases do wonderfully. Yeah. And the, the other thing that Matt talked about in his book a lot is that when he's training alone, he uses the fear to motivate himself. Like I'm holding a 140 pace. I know Vellner is going to hold a 137 and I need to pick it up. That's it. That's it. It's the visualization of the visualization of that competitive environment. One of the one of the things you we do it, we do a task. We run a mentorship program with some coaches. And one of the tasks we do there is something called the critical features. And we'll look at what the critical features of the the best of the best are. So we'll try to see is there is there something that links Tiger Woods, Roger Federer, Michael Jordan. Am I allowed to put Matt Fraser and Tia in that in that group? Probably I can. Oh, sure can. Um, you know, and and say what what links them. That's our job as coaches is to is to try and see that. And one of the things is that that visualization actually in their weakness, so they'll know if they're a fun, fear, or focus. Now they might not have done that task where they've actually sat down and said, "Am I fun, fear, or focus?" But they have such a good innate sense of their own their own self their self-concept is so strong that they'll feel on that particular day what i need now is to visualize someone next to me like pat velner going at that speed i know tear is is wonderfully good the other way where tear is sort of naturally naturally positively sort of fearful of what's going on so she'll be very good at finding some kind of enjoyment in it and bringing herself more towards the the fun and she has Shane who's very good at the focus side of things and provides that that element for her um and so the best of the best tend to be able to find that balance in all three of them it's a critical feature of, of elite sport 
So you bring up an interesting, interesting point that like Shane can be the focus part of Tia's game. Yeah. So you as a coach can fill in the holes sometimes uh, for an athlete. To. Yeah. Until until they're out on the floor, and then once they're out on the floor, it's all on them. Yeah, I think that's that's I think that's probably the primary job of the coach, and you you wear that uh, that chameleon hat as a coach, and you you read your athlete, and you. You, you do it naturally as a person, you know, your your daughter comes home from school and she's scared of something. You provide her with an answer of focus or you try and make her laugh with an answer of fun. We do it subconsciously without thinking, you know, if if you're you've just they've just eaten a bag of Skittles and they're bouncing off the walls and they're sort of too hyper and too fun. You naturally as a parent will say you'll, you'll bring them down and say, oh, be careful. You're going to bang your head. Fear. Or you know you're you're running around like crazy. So you you do that, and we do that naturally as good caring humans. Um, we're just more conscious of it as coaches because we're looking at okay that athlete there, he or she's scared now. My job is to find some, just crack a joke, just lighten the humor where this athlete's taking it far too easily. Our job is to try and bring them back to a little bit of reality that we're actually going into a competition here. So having the balance between the three is, is crucial to, to, to performance. And none of them are positive or negative in, no. in, in, in of themselves. They can all be positive or negative depending on how they're used. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The balance between the three is your optimal performance. Uh, but but the, I want to have some fun can be terribly detrimental it can also be terribly positive it's it's about the timing and the context of where we are um and like i say where where it's gone wrong for for me in sporting environments before is when i or my athlete you you, you know in life the second you think you know what it's going quite well with this life's good you know uh, you know and just you know that just as you utter those words bang the the, the fear or the focus come in and and sort of sweep everything aside and and it's it sounds terribly negative to say we're never allowed to have too much fun but but it, we're never allowed to have too much fear and fear is a good thing when it's used correctly so it's looking for the correct response in all three categories and not ignoring one when we're going into into daunting tasks or any kind of task for that matter yeah i think that that analogy is true in life and in in addition to sports um, things are going great in life and there always seems to be something to bring you back down um, with fear or the, something that you have to focus on for a minute yeah, um, and, and really, and get through that. So what are, what are the best ways to handle that? Just have someone like, like an athlete as a coach, you have, we, as, as humans have friends, family, is that who we lean on to fill those gaps in times of need? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th I, I'm, I'm, I live from coaching. So my, my philosophy is that we should all have a coach, you know, uh, or have, we should all be, it's, it's harder for us men sometimes to be open. And one of the things I've worked incredibly hard on the last, the last five, six years of my life is, is showing more of myself. That's my, my phrase is that I can be very introverted. Um, and I always get surprised when people say he's very quiet or he's very serious, Phil, because actually to my friends and family, I'm, I'm jovial. I'm I'm quite extroverted, um, and you always know a true introvert is somebody who 
you can't shut them up when they're comfortable you know <laughs> and 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 so and so having that ability to then seek that help or say okay i'm feeling quite fearful of a situation or you know that that warning sign where you think no one can stop me today i'm going to go on and i'm actually today's the day i take over the world you know and and ha- and being re- recognizing those triggers and then having those people around you that check you and bring you back into line and for me sometimes that's easier with a coach that's easier with someone who's not emotionally involved in your life although although it should be your partner uh, or your or, or your friends and family absolutely well, again, Phil, uh, we're coming to the end of the show and time has flown by again. Uh, I think that's a great way to sum it up. Um, you describe my wife, by the way, to a T. She is the introvert that when she is comfortable, you can't shut her up. That's it. You know them. You know that they're quiet. They don't say anything for a very long time. And then you know you've got them. You know you're friends with them or you know they're comfortable because suddenly, bang, they have. Uh, they don't stop. It's, 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 it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Well, if you like what you hear, make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button and hit the notifier. So you're the first to know when new episodes come out, make sure you reach out to Phil or I, if you have any questions about what you've heard or that you want a topic discussed on this show. Uh, with that, we will see you next time on the Clydesdale Media Mindset with Phil Mansfield. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you like what you hear, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.